Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. not standing and you're capable of joining us, join us today in the word of the Lord to the book of Genesis chapter 3. What a privilege it is to be in God's house today. Amen. It is uh, a place of many things. God's house. It is a place of deliverance. It's a place of salvation. It's a place of protection. It's a place of healing. And sometimes it's just a place of keeping. But God's house is a house like no other house. And I'm thankful for his house today. Genesis chapter number 3. I'm going to read one verse and allow you to be seated this morning. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? It's a question mark that is presented to us by the serpent himself, quoting the word of the Lord to Eve. Hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? For a few minutes this morning, I want to turn our attention in this Bible lesson to this subject today. Questions, negatives, and lies. Questions, negatives, and lies. Look at your neighbor this morning. Give him a high five. Don't miss. <laughs> that could be catastrophic today. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Genesis chapter number 3 is a classic chapter filled with models and standards for our life and our walk with God. In this chapter, you will find the beginnings of threads that run through the entire Word of God. Much like if you pull a thread on a garment and it begins to run, as we pick through the truths of Genesis chapter 3, we will discover that there are threads of truth that are still relevant today, such as we will see in Genesis 3, I don't know how far we will get today, but In this chapter, you can see the method in which the enemy tries to deceive man. We will see temptation. We will see sin. And then we will see how God deals with sin. Reading one more time in your hearing Genesis 3 and 1 as it lays the foundation for where we lead today. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. 
And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? When the enemy, Satan, wanted to deceive Eve, the first thing he did was seek out the most subtle, tricky, deceitful, and clever animal he could find. We have to understand today that in God's creation, when he spoke the the serpent or the snake into existence at first, it was not the representation of the devil. It was just part of God's creation. But as Satan himself wanted to seek out a method in which he could come to God's creation, he chose the snake, the snake or the serpent because it was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. So Satan then uses this animal for a voice, and he said unto the woman, somehow Satan got Eve comfortable talking to this animal. Just think about that for just a moment. That might in and of itself indicate a problem. So he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The first thing that Satan will do in our life in order to try to deceive us is to try to get us to question the truth and the validity of God's Word. Satan put a question mark on what God had already made as a commandment. That is the first thing that he will do in your life. And oftentimes we don't even recognize it whenever it's first introduced. But he will begin to question, is it really necessary in 2019 to still go to church? Is it necessary to still sacrifice tithe and offering? Is it really necessary that you dress the way that you dress? Is this really an absolute... You know, the world doesn't do it. I, come on, some of you have heard that voice before. You know, you know, the church down the street doesn't do it. You know, your friends and some of your family members don't. Is it really necessary? He will begin, if we are not careful today, to put a question mark where God put an exclamation. He will put a question mark in your life and cause you to question your leadership, cause you to question your bishop and your pastor that when the word of God is preached as a commandment, he will question in your mind, is it or isn't it? I would declare to you today that there are times when the word of God is preached to us and is taught to us that there is no room left in God's word for a question mark. But the devil is a deceiver and he is a liar and his goal is to get you to question the word of Almighty God. So the first thing in our subject matter today is questions. Did God say? Did did he really say that? Satan put a question mark on it. That was approximately just shy of 6,000 years ago. And yet he is still doing the same thing against God's people and God's word today. 
Is it necessary? Is it necessary that when I come to church that I participate? Is that really is it really necessary? I mean, how important can it really be that I say amen? And I'm not soliciting a response right here. All right, I'm just I'm just illustrating. How important is it that I actually sing? Come on, Brother Pat, is it really that important? That's, the, that's how simple the voice is. Well, why, why, should I, why should I lift my hands in worship? There's 30 other people doing it. So is, is it really that important? Let me tell you how important it is. It's important because you're not worshiping because they are. I don't worship you. And in the presence of God today, I know you don't worship me. All right? So when you lift your hands, it might, it might excite me to lift my hands. But if I'm doing my diligence before God, I should be able to lift my hands whether you do or not. It's not because of you. It's with you. But we allow. Woo. There is something that happens in our human nature. The subtle beast comes to us with questions and says, is it really? You know, he reminds you. He reminds you of all of those things. Well, do you remember what you said before church? That you shouldn't have said? <coughs> do you remember... <clears throat> the attitude you had to your wife before you got in the car. And then he will try to condemn you. Where that when you're sitting in God's house, that you, he will hold you hostage and prisoner to questions. Amen. Questions. Questions. Questioning what God has made a statement. Questioning what God has done in our life. Did God really save you? He will question you to the point that, well, now, now, Bishop, if God really saved you, you still wouldn't struggle with this. Come on, how many's ever been there before? It, 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 Jerry Mason, if God really saved you, if He really forgave you, if He really covered you with His blood, then, then you, wouldn't, you wouldn't struggle with, with this. You wouldn't struggle with music. You guys, home folk, you, you've, you've heard me talk about that before, especially as a young man. My struggle, one of my largest struggles was music. It's just... God put it in my DNA. And some of you that don't play and sing, it's still in your DNA to listen. On the job, in the house, in the car. Right? My problem doesn't have to be your problem, but my problem has caused the enemy of my soul to question me before. Why are you struggling this with God's sake? When he knows the answer. But it's a question mark. 
It's just enough to cause you. What does a question do? The fundamental response to the question is it incites doubt. Right? It causes you to wonder. Is that platform straight? It probably isn't. <laughs> but is that platform? Well, I don't know. The question causes a double take. Right? Is your car scratched? Well, I don't know. Is it? Don't look at mine the next time I drive it here, I promise you. Is it chipping paint? Well, I'll be. It causes you to do a double take. It causes you to wonder, right? Natural two-by-fours, platforms, cars, chip paint, doors that are hung or not hung, walls that are straight, natural things. Who cares? Natural order of life. But what happens is we get so used to the question that when we come into God's house, if we're not careful, we've got an enemy of our soul speaking to us at every turn, causing us to question everything. And it's a dangerous place to live, to question every time your pastor gets up and preaches, is he talking to me? I've lived in that world. I've lived in that world where that I thought that everything that was being said was to me, and you know what I found out? It probably was because I was doing something wrong. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just talking about me, all right? You, you're probably better than I am. But questions, questions cause doubt, and doubt causes us to enter into God's house and disengage from what He is. Questions are dangerous. We need to avoid the questions of the enemy of our soul today. Somebody say amen. amen. Moving on. Lord, we're going we're to set a record today. I'm going to get you to lunch in good time. Good time. I'm not going to follow that with I promise, but I'm going to get you to lunch in good time. Questions. Moving on from questions, we move. And for those of you that are wondering right now, no, it's not because I'm hungry. Or was that the devil causing me to question that? <laughs> Lord, have mercy. We move from questions to negatives. Satan will put a twist on God's Word. Even when he's not questioning it, he will cause it to appear in a different way than what God intended for it to appear. He says, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not, follow the wording here, it's very important, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now if you look in God's word, you will see that God did not put any negatives on the trees of the garden except for one. Now I don't pretend to know how many trees were in the garden. I wish the garden was still a, a physical place that we could actually see. I, I'd love to visit it. And I don't know, in Israel, I, I may have walked through it and just didn't even know it. But I, I'd just love to see it. I'd like to count the number of trees that are there. 
Because God only gave specifics on one tree. You got to remember this now. One tree. But the devil magnified it. And he made it so negative that, oh, you, 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 you can't eat any tree. That's not what God said. Genesis 2, in verse number 16. I can't see him, but I think he's up there. 2 and 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every... This is God's word. Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil... Thou shalt not eat of it. That's one tree. Doesn't matter how many branches it was. One tree. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. When Satan questioned God's word, Eve's answer was, Genesis 3 and verse number 2, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. Are you following the wording? You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. Let me take you back real quick to Genesis chapter 2. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. Eve says that God said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. Lest you die. Eve added, neither shall you touch it. God didn't say that. They could have been 100% within their rights to walk by the tree and give it a good pat. As long as they didn't touch, as long as they didn't eat it. As long as they didn't pick the fruit, whatever the fruit was. Could have been a pineapple, I don't know. We call it an apple, but the Bible doesn't say that. But the fruit. As long as they didn't pick the fruit and eat it, they were fine. But Eve says that God said, neither shall you touch it. God just said, don't eat it. So there's two ways to view this this morning. We are not to add to or to take away from the Word of God. We're taught that in the book of Revelations. So that's one way you can look at it. Is, is that you can really say that Eve was, was out, of, out of line there declaring that God said something that he didn't say. Another way that we could look at that is that the tree was right in the middle of the garden and whenever they went from one point to another that they just looked at it and said, look, you know what, we, we can't eat it, and it's too great of a temptation, so I might as well not touch it. I don't know which is which. But what I do know is that it just makes good sense today in, in the eyes of God and in just naturally with man that if you're struggling with something, don't put it in front of you. <laughs> anybody who knows me, now we're getting back on that lunch subject, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Anybody that knows me knows, and you can tell by looking at me today, that I don't, I don't lack for a good meal, all right? There, there are certain meals I enjoy more than others. 
my wife has picked up after almost 26 years of marriage on what those cues are. Uh, I try to hide it as best as I can to be respectful. But if, if I'm not uh, just, mm, mm, you know, shoveling it in, uh, she knows it's probably not the favored dish. But there are certain things in life that I just absolutely enjoy. Too much. One of them, one of them, I'll use this as my case study today, one of them is yellow cake with chocolate icing. I've been thinking about it for the last couple of days because I haven't had any in a long time. And that's not a plea to get somebody to make me one either. I don't need it. You know why I haven't had it in a long time? Because I don't have any discipline. My wife is in the office right now going, yep, that's right. Yep, that's, that's right. Amen. I lack discipline. Uh, if I sit down to eat it, <clears throat> I'm going to eat it. I won't eat the whole thing in one sitting. Let's put it this way, I haven't ever eaten the whole thing in one sitting, but I, I've put a chunk of it away before. Nice tall glass of cold white milk. Whew. It's good stuff. But the avoidance factor for me is the important thing. The way that I avoid the temptation of eating the whole thing in one sitting is I don't prepare it. The way that we, we avoid that in my house is my wife does not make it for me except on special occasions because that's her way of helping me because if it's sitting there, Brother Fred, I'm going to eat it. I don't care if it's in the freezer. I'm going to get it out and I'm going to microwave it and I'm going I'm to enjoy it. It does you, no, let me, let, me, let, me, let me word it a little bit differently this morning. You are not so strong. All right, let's get real with ourselves today. You are not so strong that you can lay something in front of you that tempts you and say, I'm not going to do it. That's silly. Especially if it's something that's affecting your salvation. That's exactly what the devil wanted to position for this tree, for Eve. And I know Adam was at fault too, but Eve was first partaker, so we're just, we're just covering that. But the serpent was speaking to her about questions, and then he was speaking to her about positioning God's word as a negative. One of the things that I can recall growing up and it had to do with the way that things were said. And I am very careful as an adult in how I position things. I try to be. In our years as youth pastor in this church, tried to be very careful about how we position things that are rights and wrongs. But I can remember growing up, and if we're not careful, we'll replicate that type of speech today. But I can remember as a young student of God's Word growing up, feeling like there wasn't anything we could do. Everything was wrong. Well, everything's not wrong. But what we do is we accentuate the things that are wrong so much we don't focus on the things that are right. 
So in a, in a type and shadow of what our enemy does, we sometimes focus on the negatives. Way too much. I think we as children of God need to worry more about what we can do. And if we'll focus on the things that we can do in this life, then God will take care of everything else that we can't do. Yeah, there's a laundry list of things that I shouldn't do. And I, I think I can support those by the Word of God. There's a laundry list of things that we shouldn't do, places we shouldn't go, ways I shouldn't dress, ways I shouldn't talk, things that, that, that make up this life. But there's oh so much more to this good life living for God than things that I just can't do. And I don't want it to be a negative today. Somebody say amen. And the serpent said, verse number 4 of Genesis chapter 3, And the serpent said unto the woman, he's continuing in his quest, Ye shall not surely die. He's subtle. He's deceiving. Pay attention to this now. He's convincing. He's a good salesman. He's convincing. She has just quoted what her interpretation of what God said was. And that was the moment you eat it, you die. And he looks at her and says, you, you shall surely not die. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is an outright lie. Questions, negatives, and lies. The third thing Satan will do to try to deceive you, if he can't get you by questioning God, if he can't get you by putting God's word as a negative in your life, he will just simply lie to you. If he has to do it in order to deceive you, the Bible tells us that he is the father of lies. And the lie is, you won't die. God said, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Then Satan says, in verse number 5, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, listen to this now, because God didn't say this, God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And in that moment, he spoke the truth about the tree. He hooked them with a lie. You won't die. And then he sealed the deal with the truth. You'll be as gods. You'll know good and you'll know evil. And the truth of the matter is, as human beings and part of God's creation, we know more today than God ever intended on us to know. And that all occurred through one conversation with a deceiving salesperson. Satan took an outright lie and he tried to bury it in truth. Let me tell you something today. Half truth is, is as good as a whole lie because it still leads the wrong direction. If you take a glass of crystal clear water and you add an ounce of dirty, slimy grease and you stir it up and mix it up, it's likely that you're not going to want to drink that water. The grease 
has just ruined everything that was pure and true about the water. In the same sense, when you take a lie and you try to mix it with truth, you still get a lie. You don't get truth just because you added a little bit of truth to it. Then the Bible says in verse number 6 of Genesis chapter 3, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired and to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did I simply don't have enough time today to talk about Adam, but there's plenty to say from that verse about him and his leadership in the home. But the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, that's temptation. That's temptation in its purest form. She saw it. She kept looking at it. She kept pondering on it. She kept thinking about it. And that's what temptation does to every single one of us, including yours truly holding this microphone today. He causes you to think about it, he causes you to look at it, and he causes you to continue to think about it. And sometimes we think about it long enough, it becomes our next present reality. An old Chinese proverb states that you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from nesting in your hair. You may not be able to keep wrong thoughts from entering your mind, and I would tell you today that you can't. There are things that happen. There are things you see that you didn't go searching for. There are thoughts you have that you didn't go pondering on, and they may enter your mind in a moment. You may not be able to stop that, but you can keep them from nesting there. <clears throat> the woman saw. The Bible teaches us that our eye affects our heart. Job 31 and 1, the Bible says, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? And I think in this generation and in this society, we need not look at that as so gender specific. In today's society, we read that women don't get a pass just because that's talking about a man looking at a maid. Questions, negatives, and lies. We must make a pact with ourselves. I came from that. I'm not going back to it. What happens, though, the danger is, is that the road back to something we came from is often an easier road to walk than it is the road of the unknown. And he'll constantly pull, and he'll constantly tug. And this process of temptation will constantly move on us. James 1 and verse number 12, and I'm, I'm landing the plane. James 1 and verse number 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. 
What you deal with today may not be what I deal with. But the truth of the matter is, is every one of us deal with something. Would you stand with me this morning? The enemy of our soul today wants us to question God, be negative about the church, and he wants to lie to us about our future. But we can have victory today if we just hold on to the truth of God's word. I wonder if you just lift your hands right now in a season of worship and begin to call on the name of the Lord together today. Lord Jesus, I don't want to fall prey to the questions and the negatives and the lies of the enemy of my soul. God, I need you, Lord, every day. God, I need you when I get it right. I need you whenever I fall flat on my face, God. I need you in the valley. I need you on the mountaintop. Every step of this journey, God, I need you. Lord, and as a congregation of people, Lord, that are standing before you today, transparent and real, we're telling you, God, we need you, Lord. And in worship today, God, Lord, we're, we're working through our sufferings. We're working through our issues, God. I haven't made it yet, Lord, but I know that by grace I'm saved. That not of myself, it's the, it's the gift of God. Holy Ghost, be with us. Transform us, God, continually. Draw me nearer to your word, God. In the name of Jesus. I wonder if you, if it's appropriate if you just take your neighbor by the hand this morning and just ask the Lord to bless them today and give them strength, give them courage, give them encouragement today. Help them, Lord. Declare it right now. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. You can declare victory and, and encouragement you can declare peace today over the person whose hand you're holding your neighbor today. You can say, I declare it by faith in the name of Jesus that the enemy's not going to cause there to be so great of questions or negativity or lies in their life that they succumb to. But God, you're greater. You're greater today. You're greater today. You're greater today. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I proclaim it today in the name of Jesus. Because you're greater. And he's a liar. The enemy of our soul is a liar. And God, you're full of truth. You're so full of truth that it's impossible for you to lie. God, you're greater. Come on, let's rejoice in him right now. Let's rejoice in him right now. Wonderful Savior, I love you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. Amen. What a wonderful time it is to be in the house of God today. Do not forget. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.